We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, here we go, here we go. Monday Night Knicks. Another edition of Knicks Fan TV, special edition of Knicks Fan TV. This is the weekly recap, the good, the bad, the ugly. CP from Knicks Fan TV, Tommy D in the building. And we're going to recap What's up, CP? this week's good, bad, and ugly. It's Jay Ellis' birthday. Happy birthday to Jay Ellis. So we, we gave him a much-needed night off, and especially after the debacle uh, that happened at MSG last night. JL just needed a, a a mental relaxation, man. So we're we're gonna take over for him and, and recap some of what we saw this week. If you're a diehard Knicks fan who loves to talk about Knicks news, Knicks rumors, and post game live analysis featuring live callers, make sure you smash that subscribe button and the notification bell so you don't miss anything. Hit that thumbs up for you boys. Uh, salute to everybody on Veterans Day, man. All the vets. Salute to all the vets in the chat, uh, wherever you guys are watching from worldwide. We appreciate uh, the sacrifice that, that you've given to us to allow us to, to do these things. Tommy, how are you feeling tonight, man? I'm doing great, CP. And uh, I think uh, y- maybe even you and I needed a day off uh, after Oof. yesterday, coming off of Brutal. Friday. Brutal. Uh, but uh, always, always great to be with you and uh, echo the sentiments. Uh, thank you to everybody who's... Uh, serve to to help us uh, continue to do what we do on a day-to-day basis and um you know god bless everyone and uh just happy to be here man absolutely man thanks again for coming on and sharing some insights so let's get right into it man coming off of i mean the extreme high which was last friday night in dallas uh, a gutsy gritty win you know going through all the storylines and coming out victorious and then the extreme lows which was another embarrassing defeat last night in Madison Square Garden to the Cleveland Cavaliers by a score of 108 to 87. Uh, as we know, the Knicks brass came out immediately after that game and uh, voicing their displeasure with the team. They want to see improvement. Consistency is the word that that they uh, uh, harped on time and time again. 
And it seems like, you know, they, they put a lot of it at, uh, on David Fisdale's shoes. It seemed like they put Fizz on notice that uh, they want to see improvements with this team. And they're going to tackle this in 10-game in uh, uh, segments here. You know, Fizz, Fizz came on last night as well. He took full responsibility for everything. It, it looks like, obviously, this, is, this thing has been wearing on him as well. Where, where where were you, uh, you know, when this press conference um, came out? You know, what was your reaction when, when you saw it? Yeah, so for me, you know, I, I have a different perspective in a lot of ways. Um, you know, first and foremost, you know, everybody has a family. Um, you know, everybody, fans want to talk about firing this person and, you know, this person's, you know, the reason. And it, there's, there's, there's a lot of... Um, I would say different variables why uh, the, the teams has started six and or two and eight rather. Um, but I, I just have, um, I have empathy towards the front office people and, and the coaching staff. It's a hard job and, yeah. and, and fans don't um, know all of the things that go in um, there. So, you know, just from what I know, I, I'm, I'm not super comfortable talking about it. Um, but just from, from my, from my perspective, um, it's a situation that obviously the, the owner's not happy about and um, it's got to get better. And I think everybody understands that. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's a 10 game, um, you know, on the clock type of thing that's mm-hmm. being reported. Um, I think a lot that's being reported is coming from sort of outside the organization that I'm not, um, that I don't agree with and don't believe mm. necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really can't get into it. Um, all I can say is, you know, these people have families and yeah. I, and you, we need to be sensitive 10 games into the season. It's obviously a long season. We'll see what happens here over the next yeah. couple I agree, man. You know, it's certainly tough. In sports, we we typically look at things as cut and dry, black and white, and and very much, you know, wins and losses. And what have you done for me lately? Especially in this town, you you know it as well as anybody. It's very, it's difficult, man. This is this is not for the faint of heart. And and whether it's coaching, whether it's players, this is uh, you you have to have thick skin in, in this town in order to survive. And you know we. A lot of us had realistic expectations for this team going in. I, a lot of us had wins around, hovering around 30, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more hovering around 35. I think, you know, the disappointment lies not in the fact that they've been losing these games, but the way they've been losing. You know, when you come out with that effort against San Antonio to start the season, come back against the Nets. The Boston game, this the second Boston game. The first one was a wash. The second Boston game, you know, the Dallas game. How competitive the fire that they show. And then you come two Sundays back to back and you get completely embarrassed on your home court against, against you know, upstart teams with young players, new new players. You know, the, the, the chemistry thing is a question for them too. But it just seems like these teams come into our building much more prepared than we are to go to battle. I'm not sure it's they're more prepared as much as they are loose, you know, on a yeah. Sunday afternoon. And a lot of those, uh, you know, can be considered getaway games. I, I didn't see what Cleveland, you know, their schedule over the last couple of days. Sacramento was um, sort of on an East Coast trip. They That, that I think, was the, the, the more egregious loss because they were one in five. And they were reeling and on the front end of their a trip, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and, they were. And that, Sacramento that, was, yeah. It, and and it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't a great performance. And, and you can't have bad performances 
um, when you're rested at home, you know, there's, there's really, um, in a lot of ways, no excuse for that. Even if you have, you know, a struggling, uh, Mitchell Robinson, you know, an injured Alfred Payton an injured Dennis Smith, you know, injuries. Yes, they are. They're part of the game. That's why you carry 15 players. Um, and, and I feel, uh, in a lot of ways that, um, you know, what they've, what, what they've failed to accomplish early on is, adjusting to smaller faster teams you saw it with boston with kemba walker you saw it last night when the, when cleveland went with uh, the garland sexton backcourt where they just were speedballing it up the court and, yeah. and just and, and all of a sudden colin colin sexton who yeah i think you know we mentioned it before i was as big a fan in the draft as anybody just based on how the league has been trending um but i didn't consider him a real off the ball catch guy right to that surprised threes. me that and all of a sudden, me, all of a sudden, off the catch, he's banging down four or five, you know, five to six from three. Yeah. Um, which stretched, you know, the lead from, you know, seven, eight to 15, 16. Killed us. Um, he was, he was phenomenal. Um, and still 20, 21 years old. So, but, but, but John Beeline's, you know, he, he's a, he's a very savvy coach and said, you know what, if they're going to go big with Neil Aquina and Barrett, you know, then we're going to counter with small right. and, and, and then, you know, that's from a coaching standpoint, if I were going to have any real issue, yes, it would be, Hey, you, you got to be able to adjust to that. And maybe right. they didn't, you know, they didn't have the personnel for that. And then that's a whole different conversation, but they miss Alfred Payton for sure. Um, we'll see how much they've missed Dennis Smith. You heard Fizz talk about it today. He's really excited to get him back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we'll see what, uh, what happens there moving forward, which sort of takes us into the, Nilakina conversation um, that White sure will have in a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to get back to that counterpoint in a second, but you also mentioned the fact that these other teams are coming in here way more loose. And I'm bringing up a tweet from from Alan Hahn, um, you know, that, that kind of speaks to that fact. I mean, we're shooting, you know, 38% uh, from the field, 28% from three, averaging 18 turnovers in four games at the Garden. I mean, it seems like pressure's busting pipes for these, for these kids right now, man. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, man. Well, the thing for me is, from what I at least that's what I saw yesterday, and, and also in this in the Sacramento game, and I would think the numbers support this, but I don't have those numbers in front of me. But um, you know, Fizz has talked a lot about you know I need a guard that's going to push the ball up the floor, mm-hmm. right? You know, I need, give me the guy who can just push pressure the ball. And you saw it last night, Cleveland had it again with Sexton, Garland, um, and and Crawford as well. Um, but for some reason, when the Knicks, I've seen this over the last probably four or five games when the Knicks rebound the basketball, somehow it lands in Randall's hand. So when you have the advantage off of an offense or defensive rebound, he's the one bringing the ball up the court. And I can't, I can't think of any way you'd want to have him on top of the key, 40 feet from the basket, trying to make decisions with 17, 18, you know, seconds on the shot clock um, as sort of your point forward. Um, there's no way that you're going to be able to break down the defense. There's no way you're going to be able to drive and kick um, with, with him in that situation, triggering the offense. And, and I just right. constantly see him triggering the offense and it doesn't, um, I don't think there's a, obviously there's a lot of um, nuance, other nuances that go into it, mm-hmm. but if he's the guy who's going to trigger the offense in five on five, um, it doesn't surprise me that they're 28th, 29th in the league. And, and and that's the thing, you know, when it when it comes to the coaching that kind of has a lot of us questioning um, Fizz is just when you when you see that with Randall uh, at the rate that he's turning the ball over, 
Yes, the point guard play hasn't been as consistent, and maybe it's not uh, according to Fizz's vision, but do you see that as a lack of trust amongst the play, you know, amongst a guy like a Randall or Morris in Frank, who's been, you know, the primary point guard out there on the court? Is that Fizz not making the proper adjustments? You know, why, why is it that we're constantly seeing Julius Randle with the ball trying to initiate the offense starting from the top of the key? I mean, that's almost a recipe for disaster almost every time. And that's, I think that's why you've seen them lose every first quarter, right? So it's, that's, not, that's not adjustments. That's how you're going out, you know, starting the game um, based on your game plan. And, you know, for me to see – now it can work against bigger guards, right? You saw it the other night against Dallas with Doncic, who's not a great defender. Um, Hardaway Jr. is not a great defender. Um, Finney Smith, who's a good defender, but, you know, has to chase those other guys around. Like, you know, and Porzingis, who's, you know, obviously – um, learning to play pick and roll. Uh, I, I think that Dallas, you know, matches matchup is a great matchup. Yeah. But for the other teams that they're playing against and, and pre-scouting and advanced scouting, um, if they're going to go out there and, and say, you know, we're going to play, uh, you know, we're going to put Morris and Randall out there with Portis because Mitchell's out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with a big lineup, then, you know, we're going to attack them with small and then we're going to make them adjust. And all of a sudden you're down 14, um, then you're climbing uphill at home, and, and that, that gives the, the, the um, opposing team sort of a much more life to come in and try to steal the win. And, you know, that's, that, 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 that gal, as, as Clyde would say, that galvanizes a team to, yeah. um, to, to come into the garden and, and put one on the board. If you're Colin Sexton, if you're Darius Garland, you want to come in, your first win or one of your early wins of the season is at the garden. You know, that's something that you're going to carry with you throughout the course of the season and just you know, have a, as, as a badge of honor, yeah. you know, moving forward. Um, but the, the lack of adjustment for me, I think, is something that um, over the last two Sundays has been a real big problem. Yeah, you, you could see it, man. And, and these kids, they were gleeful last night, you know, Sexton and Garland. They, having they were, fun. They were having, having a blast out there. And, and, you know, as you mentioned earlier about counter and adjustments, I would think, and I didn't really see this last night. Let me know if, if you did, but I would think that, Conversely, when when they were trying to uh, exploit us, exploit our size out there with their speed, I didn't see much of us really trying to put them in in a mismatch. You know, the smaller guards on Cleveland, whether it's th- through Frank, whether it's through RJ, yeah, they're they're move, they're not really post up guards at this point. But why not? You know, try to try to get Morris or get Randall on these guys in the post and, and try to you know exploit them from and use our size as a strength. Well, I think they did. They tried to do it with Randall, but Randall ended up on Love or or Thompson, mm-hmm. and that's an interesting matchup. You know, Cleveland they can go super small, but then they go super big in the front court with with Love and and Thompson. Uh, I think to your point, they they tried to adjust. I don't think they really posted RJ up, but I think RJ's in, in a funk right now where yeah. he does he's not overly aggressive. The league has figured him out early on. He's maybe hitting a little bit of the wall early. He doesn't want to go to the free throw line, that's for sure. So, you know, it's the, the do you do you call those plays in Fizz's defense? Do you put him in those situations where, yeah, you know what, maybe he gets positioned down low and then they just foul him, and then you know his his free throw percentage could go lower. You know, that's a that's a real big issue, I think, early on from a coaching perspective. 
Um, but if you leave him out on the floor, you have to use his size at his advantage, especially against a Sexton or a Garland. And you know, probably should have done that early on, even if it was posting up Frank too. Like, right. you know, just just trying to do that instead of um, putting the ball in Randall's hands to try to make plays. I think um, it's not working. you got to be you got to be a little more creative than that. It's not working, man. And and you know, I I pull up these stats from um Tommy Beer that he pulled out today from uh NBA Synergy. These you are know, gonna sound these are gonna sound familiar. Yeah. I mean I mean running action on three point six cutting action on three point six percent of their offensive plays, averaging just four point six points a game off of cuts. We're we're at the bottom of the league in frequency and points scored off of the pick and roll. And I want to get back to that. Um, top 10 in isolation frequency, but they rank 29th in the NBA per ISO possession, scoring just 0.75 points per ISO possession, turning the ball over. Um, top five in post-up frequency, but only one of nine teams in the league scoring less than 0.8 points per post-up. I, I, I mean, I mean, back to the pick and roll, like... What what do you see as as the reason why they're not running um, as much pick and roll? Knowing that if you have a guy like a Frank out there, that that's kind of how you know he kind of gets going. We saw that in, in the FIBA games as well. What well, what's your take on why we're not running uh, more of this, given our offensive futility? You play in Portis, Morris, and and Randall. Yeah, there's not, there's not enough space there, and and obviously not having Robinson um, in the lineup the last two games with the concussion, and even before that, you know, having him in foul trouble. Um, Robinson has 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 really had a tough start to the season, um, and they could, you know, I think over the course of time, um, let's say over the last three or four or five games, had he been there and, and healthy, and and you know, getting back to where he was last year. Um, and, and paired with RJ, they could have run a lot more pick and roll um, and had a lot more success, but just not having him there clearly is, is impacting it. Yeah. Um, but it's also for me, you know, play, play Portis and Morris mm-hmm. with, with Knox play um, Portis and, and, or Morris and Randall with Knox at the three, you know, playing Portis, Morris and, and Randall together um, without Peyton, without Peyton, um, is it hasn't worked with Peyton and RJ. That's a nice. I think that's that's a formidable it's five. One depending of the best. On, depending on who, and that's a matchup thing. Um, but to, to to continue to play to be down fifteen points and to play a big lineup for me is um, is and I think you know um, I, I don't want to speak for anybody else. I'll speak for myself. Yeah. Um, it, it's. It's something that um, doesn't free up Knox. It doesn't free right. up um, Ellington. Doesn't free up the shooters. Then now you're reluctant or uh, relying on, you know, pin downs for Ellington and and pin downs and, and double screen downs for uh, for Knox. And if they don't make those shots, then they don't get a shot for another couple of possessions because then it turns back into ISO. Um, it's 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 a predictable offense, and I think we've seen that um, be the case here. And and they've got to learn to make the adjustments and listen. I get it more than anybody. It's, it's, it's hard to make those adjustments. And when guys aren't making shots, you know, it's really, you sort of throw your arms up in the air. Um, so it's really a hard situation. Yeah. All around. What, what would be your, and we're going to get to the calls in a second. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up for you boys. What would be, if, if you had to make a lineup change right now, what would be um, your lineup change? If you had to, if you had to make one. 
you know, I've got to get everybody healthy first. And, and I, that's where I have real empathy for the coaching staff. You know, it's, it's hard to just say, hey, listen, you know what, we got to play this guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, Peyton's going to come back and then Mitch is going to come back. And it's um, then you got to sort of reset the whole thing. Right. Um, and it also, for me, depends on the matchup. So if we're talking about Dallas, um, I like obviously what happened the other night. Yeah. Um, so, so you're not going to do a lot of things there. Um, you know, you hope that, that the team comes out with energy and understand my message would be understand this is a great matchup for us. Like, you know, and we'll see, show it in the video later. You know, this is, this is a great matchup for Frank, you know, if RJ can get off the schneid against, you know, this is something, this is a great matchup for him. Um, it's, it's a really good matchup for, for Randall. If, you know, he's, his jumpers work in. Um, you know, we saw what they could do the other night in Dallas, and, and I expect that to be um, a similar type style game. Whether they win or not is going to come down to execution, but I, it's a really good matchup. So I, yeah. I wouldn't fool with anything for the next game. Um, and then you just take it in the next 10 game clip and the next, you know, 15, 20 game clip after that and, yeah. and keep going forward. I, I just see that the Randall Morris pairing. It's just a very clunky fit, man. And then once you throw Portis in there, I like you said, I liked how they how they matched up with with, with Dallas Friday night. I liked how they used their size to an advantage and, and taking advantage of of uh, you know Dallas's lack of front court uh, strength because um, you saw all those guys banging down low. You saw Randall Portis, uh, Taj was getting mixed up down there, and and they really exploited it. But you know, other times it's just it's just a very clunky fit. You know, it's just a very clunky fit. I was I was thinking of something today. I was thinking of Frank, throw Dotson in there, throw RJ at the three. I would put Randall on the bench for right now just to, just to have him clear his head. I would throw Morris at the four and throw Mitch at the five. What, what do you think about that? Mitch has to get healthy first. Yeah. And and the minute you put, our, uh, you put Randall on the bench, then it exacerbates yeah. what just happened today, right? That's and true. That's, that's true. That's that's tricky to answer. You're gonna have to. Um, Politics is 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 definitely something that you have to deal with. Then it's gonna say, oh, that's it's gonna divide, you know. And and I will say this. I know I said I would be careful. Um, I would say this. I would say that the um, everybody's on the same page, obviously, um, because it's about getting these wins, um, you know. But th- I would. There's a little divide and and making a decision like that would, would, yeah. would, I think increase could potentially increase that divide even more. And, and um, I don't think that if you're the coaching staff, you want to do that at this point. Um, yeah. Um, just because I, I don't think it's good for Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's, he has so much talent that um, you, you really need to lean on him and yeah. he's got to work it out. And, and um, that's what he's getting paid to do. Yep, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I don't think it would ever happen. I'm I'm just thinking, you know, ideal lineups wise. Um, you could certainly kill his confidence, and and like we said, the the politics is certainly something that um, that you have to navigate uh, carefully. Um, you know, a, a lot of today talk was on was on Fizz, but I can't help but look at you know Steve Mills and and his record with his team. And listen, they put this roster on the court. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they came out there in the media day and they said, you know, you control what you control. Obviously, we know we didn't get what we wanted. And this is what they got instead. But it just seemed like last night they put a lot of the blame on or a lot of the onus on Fizz. 
to get things turned around. But, you know, also they, they put these this roster together. So, I mean, what's your take on that? I mean, Steve Mills, is he's 165 and 337 as president of the team, man. I don't think in any other sport uh, uh, a president survives that long, man. I We know this is Dolan's, you know, confidant and stuff like that, man. But sheesh, that's, that's rough, man. Well, he's not, he's never coached. And I would say the last couple of years has been the first few, have been the first few years, at least the last two years since they've let Phil go that he's, um, you know, in charge of making the decisions and, and being the front facing um, part of the organization. Um, and, and what I saw the other night wasn't a um, throwing sort of, not that you said this, but, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've read this, it's, it, it, it wasn't, um, throwing the coaching staff under the bus, it was more, uh, in my mind, you know, Hey, we, we want to be accountable for this as much as anyone. And they've, I know this was a thing because I used to text back and forth with a lot of people who were in, in obviously asking a lot of the questions within those scrums. And, um, you know, they would say to me, why don't you call out the fact that the media doesn't, you know, that, that rather that the front office, you know, Phil in particular, or Donnie Walsh, or, you know, uh, Isaiah, don't come out more and, and address the media and address the fan base. Mm-hmm. And I, Phil really dropped the ball, I think, with that in a lot of yeah. ways. And he ducked and the media was, big time. Well, and, and that's, that's 100% true. And I think what, what, what Steve and Scott are trying to do now is not be that way and show that there's a big difference um, from that regime. And um, I, I respect them for that. I don't think it was anything about um the coaching staff i think it was just more hey you know we're in this too like we're not just going to let dave stand in from the um the media by himself like you know i think it was impromptu maybe it wasn't um mm-hmm. something that uh um you know but again after the game coach does his job and and then they, they have to do their job as yeah. well so i the I, I didn't consider it necessarily um a disconnect i just think mm-hmm. it was um you know, we, we, we need, which is what um, Steve said, you know, we needed to, um, yeah. you know, we needed to address this and, and that's why we're there. That's why they were there. I, I think Dolan's pissed. I think Dolan's pissed. You, you heard the, um, the report that the three of them kind of disappeared at halftime. I don't know if that's a, a regular thing or what, what the case may be, but to me, because we, we've rarely seen this um, happen. I feel like, you know, it, it was, it was driven through him and, and rightfully so. I mean, listen, the, the team is is not playing up to up to expectations. Again, not about wins and losses, but a, a, again, how you lose or how you win. And and I don't think he's happy about it. And I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. If you're asking, and if the owner, uh, if I know, well, I mean, if if that was driven by um, the owner, I don't, I, I wouldn't know that. But I would say that um, I don't think anybody's happy. So, um, you know, that, that, that wouldn't shock me one way or the other. Um, what I would say is, um, the reaction from the fans, um, is at least on social media is something that, um, I think is a good thing. Um, but also, you know, there's also the element of, um, you know, the, 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 and you saw this, I think the other night when, with the the chance, you know, it's, um, Nobody likes that environment, yeah. and the only thing that's going to change it is winning, and that's and every it. and every and everybody knows that. That's it, man. 
that's it. And, and then you you see that this once the, the the press conference came out, the cesspool starts churning, man. Isola's in his Ujiri stuff. Uh, you, you're hearing coach's name thrown out, Jason Kidd, Mark Jackson, blah blah blah. I mean, it's it's just that's, a, a <laughs> you can't that's, make that's, it that's, up. That's, they're 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 good at that stuff. And oh like, man, and boy! I I put good in quotes. Oh right? man, boy! Isola could not wait. He had that he had that article written weeks ago, baby, <laughs> over the summer, man. And then he, and then he's linking. Oh, they you know they they won't Ujiri again because that could get them Giannis again. I'm, I I just I couldn't take it, man. I couldn't. I gotta tell you, it. man. Anytime that name comes up, I just gotta say no comment. I I couldn't take it, man. Oh, Isola or, or Ujiri. <laughs> no, no comment, man. Oh no comment. God, you can't make it up, man. You can't make it up. And literally, this I got guy, a lot of, I got yeah. a lot of receipts. Let's just okay. I'm, I'm sure. No I'm comment. sure. Hey, there's a ton of fans on Twitter right now that got DM receipts right now, man. Because I'm a pro. Th- this I'm guy, pro. this guy is just, uh, he's a piece of work, man. He's a piece I'm a of pro. work. I'm a- I'm a pro. Um, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, listen, with that being said, obviously, uh, you know, I don't want to see uh, a direct change. I want to see Fitz be able to work through this. I want to see uh, continued growth, continued um, chemistry with this team. It's just the proper adjustments, whether it's the rotations or on the court, X's and O's. One more thing, you know, another thing. Uh, people in fan base, everybody is now Mike Miller is now a popular name being bandied about because of the Westchester experience and so on and so forth. My thing is, if Mike Miller is already on the staff right now, and people want him to be the coach, like, what is his influence as a member of the staff? A key small, what is their influence? In terms of how they're going about making adjustments, how they're going about making decisions on a day-to-day that would be different as a member of the staff as compared to being um, the, the head coach. For, for how do you see that? That's a great one. I don't, I don't know the answer to that at all. I know, um, I know people who know Keith. Um, I know people who've coached for uh, Coach Four, uh, Coach Knight at Indiana, um, and you know know him. And he's an he's just an amazing basketball man, um, who's obviously coached in the league and and uh, um, you know, which is an incredible accomplishment. I think a lot of people, um, unfortunately, just look at wins and losses record, but to to become a head coach at the highest level is um, an extraordinary accomplishment. Mike Miller is a guy who I watched at Westchester right down the street here the last couple of years. Run triangle run horns, you know, run modern triangle, you know, run a bunch of different things, um, you know, as, as a really good organizational guy, but knows how to teach and has had success regardless of what he ran. And, um, you know, he's just a really good basketball guy as well. Um, so, you know, and you throw Judd Bushler in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, Pat Sullivan, I don't know, um, Caleb, I don't know um, any of those guys personally i just know um what i can see as a basketball person mm-hmm. um and they'd all be great head coaches in the nba i mean there's uh, 200 300 guys who could be and 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 women who can be um great head basketball coaches in the nba what it comes down to is um obviously uh, being able to pair talent and um be able to make adjustments during the game 
and um, maintain health within the team, which is outside of their control. Right. Um, you know, which I think is, is a big issue that's happened here the first 10 games that not a lot of people are talking about in Fizz's defense. Um, but at the same time, it's a, you know, as Bill Parcells would say, you are what your record says you are. You are what your record says you are, man. That's it. That, and that's it. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody on the bench there that would make this, have made this team, you know, three and seven, four and six, ten, uh, nine and one. Um, but what I know is they're two and eight and um, they got to figure that stuff out. Well, well said, man. Well said. Um, salute to everybody in the chat once again on this Monday night. I want to shout out um, Cohen Gialli Brosnan. He's checking in from Melbourne, Australia. He says, hashtag new. Listens to every episode on Spotify. Remember, guys, these shows are also available in audio podcast format. Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Alexa as well. Definitely want to shout out D. Pleasy in the chat. Kashim Nevins, what's going on? Ari, how's it going? Lily Phillips, Taya Clay checking in from San Antonio. How's it going? Um, Apple fanboy, how you feeling tonight, man? Z-Man, how you feeling tonight? Uh, if you guys are new in the chat, give me a hashtag new uh, so we can shout you guys out. Freddie Gonzalez, what's going on? Paul Quick, he says hashtag LA by way of Brooklyn. Shout out Paul Quick. Um, Alex Krampus checking in from Astoria, hashtag new. So salute to Alex. All right, so that was the ugly part of the week. Let's get to a couple calls and, and see what you guys want to say. Let's start from uh, James from Rochester. What's going on, bro? Yeah, what's up? How you doing, man? I mean, David Fisdale has to be the worst coach I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Coming what in hot. The it, it coming in hot. <laughs> I mean, seriously. What? Are, you know what? You could run the Knicks offense better than this guy. He's so freaking bad. So bad. Like, I, I just I don't understand. There's no pick and roll. There's no spacing. There's nothing. Yeah. And Frank Nilakina, if you put him on the Spurs, do you know how much better he would be with a Greg Popovich? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's a common sentiment. That, that That's certainly the common sentiment. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think what we, we did see some some good flashes from Frank, though. You know, and, and we're gonna get to that um, later on in the show. Obviously, the Dallas game was was a was a nice uh, um, example of, of the value that Frank can, can bring to this team. You know, I'm not sure, Tommy, if it's if it's scheme, is it players, or you know, we'll we'll get to that point. But um, listen, I like Frank on the Knicks. I'm not worried about Frank on the Spurs. I like Frank on the Knicks. But like I said, I, I want to see um, how we can really uh, accentuate his strengths. And, and and to to win games because he he can be a capable two way player. We just got to get the most out of him. All right, well, I, go ahead. I, I think we're go- I think there's going to be a lot of um, anti um, David Fisdale sentiment here, and and it's understandable. Um, as far as Frank goes, um, you know, a, a matchup has a lot to do with it. I don't think there's one organization in the NBA that doesn't look at him and think that he has the potential to play 10 years in the league um, if, if he can just make the shots that he takes. Right. And um, that, that really, if, you, shots, if, if you're a pop or if you're a pop disciple or, you know, and even, and I mean, I think the Knicks certainly understand that too. Um, then it just becomes, you know, what, what do you, what is he going to get paid after the, um, after this year? And, deal, and, yeah. and, 
you know, what's the second contract going to look like? Um, that's a gamble. But um, I think if you have the right, um, you know, players around him, then he's got the ability to be, um, and I have, I've said this from day one, mm-hmm. he's, even if you draft him at, at nine or eight or whatever it was, you know, he's, you sign up for a guy who's going to be rotation player on a playoff team at the back end of his career for 10 years. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's, that's something that you can't just find. Um, so I, I feel like the organization understands that. I don't know that to be the case, but um, any organization will look at him and say, this kid's going to play physically. He's going to be able to play for 10 years, 12 years. If we can just get him to make the shot that shots that he takes, cause he never takes a bad shot. Uh, agreed, man. You just got to knock him down. Uh, Will from LI's up. Will, how you feeling, bro? What's going on, CP? What's going on, Tommy? How y'all doing? Good, man. How you doing, bro? What's up, man? Uh, let me first say off, um, you know, happy birthday to Jay Ellis and, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, happy veterans day to all the veterans that are in the chat and everything and out there and, and all that good stuff. Um, let me get right into it. I'm going to be on my Ari shit today. Excuse my French. Okay? <laughs> I know Ari's on the line. I know he's about to hop in here. I'm, I'm, I'm about to beat him to it. <laughs> <laughs> I am so upset. And it's like, and it's like, don't get me wrong. I think Fisdale was just here to get the free agents. He was here to attract free agents. That's what it was here for. They were like mad on his ability to coach. But it was all about his reputation through the league and to attract Kevin Durant. Attract a Kyrie, attract a Kawhi Leonard. That, that's what he was here for. You know, it didn't work out. But the way I feel about it, you gotta lay, you gotta lay with it because I'm because everything that they said was that they are not gonna be the old mix that just flipping through coaches. They want consistency, and it's like, how are you gonna preach consistency if you're turning over the coach? You made the decision to hire David Fisdale over probably better candidates, but it was all for the free agents. Not saying I would have done the same or not, you know, I don't know. But you have him, he's here, you go through the four years, and you and after it, you don't re-sign him, and then that's it. You know, because it's like, I, listen, I have a cousin who's a Lakers fan. He hates the Knicks. He gets off at every time that the Knicks are on gold <laughs> tweets. He, he loves it. He loves the mishap, right? So it's like, today I was explaining to him Exactly what's going on. Like, no, but you see, listen, we never wanted Fizdale. Fizdale was here for Kevin Durant. We didn't get him. So now we got to get rid of him again. And, it's, and as I'm saying this, it sounds stupid. The whole thing sounds stupid. Listen, the Knicks can't keep doing this, all right? Especially with this whole thing with Masai Ujiri and all the other things. Consistency, consistency. You signed David Fizdale for four years. You hold on to him for these four years. You live with the record. Don't get me wrong. At this point, I'm used to I'm used to losing. Okay, this, it's just a sad, abusive. <laughs> I'm used to losing. All right, but what I'm not used that you told me that you're not going to be the same old Knicks. This sounds like some same old Knicks ish. You got Dolan it, 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 overreaching. It, it, it does, you man. say he was going to stay out of it, and we, it, it's annoying. That's why I'm hot. Appreciate it. Man. Appreciate it. Oh, listen, I think I, I, I do agree that, you know, they felt that Fizz's relationship around the league would have helped them attract some of the guys. But I also think that they wanted a, a, a young upstart head coach, Tommy. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think when you look at Fizz's resume, it speaks for itself. 
right? And that's not um, necessarily his relationship with LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade. I think it's, you know, what he um, had to have learned under right. Riley, yeah. under Eric Spolstra, under Ron Rothstein, under, you know, that, that organization that we all know going back a long ways was not an organization before Pat Riley got there. Right. Right. So when, and, and I say this a lot about um, the Pat Riley's and the Jerry West's and the, you know, the, the, the great, the Messiah Jerry's, the great um, uh, executives, they're like franchise players, right? They don't, they only come around once in a generation. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. Um, and, and the Knicks did have to have Riley here. Um, so I think that that, that was a, a selling point. Um, and, and what he was able to do in Memphis, certainly, um, you know, actually, obviously he was, he should have gotten another shot as a head coach. Um, so I think the hire was not necessarily just to attract free agents. Right. I think it was to your point, you know, to bring in another young up and coming, um, uh, coach to, to, to instill what he's learned as an assistant over the years. Right. And I'm, I'm not sure we've seen that yet. Um, and and you know I, I don't I don't mean to say yet as in um, it's not gonna we're not gonna see it uh, I, I think fans react to Bojanarski stuff and mm-hmm. um, you know certainly the press conference from last night they're entitled to their opinion on it um, but I don't think there's any intent to um, to move on from 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 Fizz at this point um, based off of again his resume and and you know it, then it comes down to wins and losses and we just said before that's that will ultimately be what it's about. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Woj article was dangerous because it made it seem like um, his firing was imminent, whereas it, I read it as they took someone's opinion of the press conference and, and spun it into, well, you know, it's it's coming, you know, sooner or later. I don't necessarily see that. I, I do think that there needs to be some improvement. I mean, they cannot continue to get washed. The KP game is going to be another benchmark. You know, the KP game is, you know how Dolan is with the optics, man. The, the KP game is going to be another benchmark, man. They cannot get embarrassed in that game. They have to come out and, and be competitive. And and I do think um, he's on notice, but I, I don't see it as being imminent, as that Woes article suggested. The, K, the, the Mavs rematch, again, the, I, I like the matchup, and that's what we saw in Dallas. Um, if they can create that sort of scenario again and then make adjustments as the game goes on. You know Rick Carlisle is going to make those adjustments. Um, you know, and again, that's that's going to be on the coaching staff to readjust based off of what they do. Um, KP is going to be pulling from, you know, between half court and the yeah. three-point line. Yeah. And, you know, they were, able, they were able to beat uh, Luka Doncic uh, in his triple-double um, and, and – what they also were able to do in order to win that game at the end was to expose KP's inability to get a big defensive rebound. Gibson did that. Um, and I believe Portis did that on a, another occasion. Um, Frank tipped one out. They, mm-hmm. they were able to, KP's not a great defensive rebounder. That's We've right. seen that. We know that. We know that. Um, you know, so hopefully they can keep the game close at the end um, and, and um, have that matchup be at the end of the game. But at the end of the day, if they start drilling threes and Tim Hardaway Jr. comes down, he starts drilling threes. Yeah. And Courtney Lee comes in the game, he starts <laughs> drilling threes. Courtney Lee revenge yeah. game. It's going to get ugly, man. <laughs> yeah. 
and and you know then that's not going to be good. it's going to get ugly man um so to everybody in the chat once again hit that thumbs up button for your boys uh once again this is Knicks fan tv cp here my man tommy d joining us tonight if you're a diehard Knicks fan make sure you guys hit that subscribe button below and the notification bell um tommy also we lost your video but we'll we'll get you back on um also throw in the links to um your podcast as well and and the mods will um also distribute that Let's, um, if you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new. Also, leave your cities in the chat as well so we can see where you guys are tuning in from. All right, let's go to um, Greenhouse from Jersey. Uh, he wants to talk about the lineups. Greenhouse, how you feeling, man? Hey, what's going on, CP? What's going on, Tommy? Salute to you guys. Thanks, man. How you doing, bro? What's up, man? I'm chilling, man. I just want to talk to you about that uh, lineup you, you talked about earlier. You said Frank mm-hmm. Dotson. Mm-hmm. You say you said RJ at the three. RJ at the three. You said Morris. Mm-hmm. You said Mitch. Mitch. Mm-hmm. I messed with that. That's actually a lineup that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knox come off the bench, Tria right after him. But see, the thing is, like Tommy was right. I don't think you could really bench Randall like right nah, now. It wouldn't it? Wouldn't happen. Like even this year, I don't think. But I feel like he'd be great coming off the bench because you really. Mitchell is going to get into foul trouble right now, but if you're trying to develop him and if he does get to that point, that'd be great. Transition into that. Make that your excuse. You don't have to let anybody down. I feel like that, that'd be a solid, like, if we can get to that lineup toward the end of the year, I'd be actually pretty grateful. Mm. Yeah, I mean, pre- appreciate the call, man. I mean, I like it. it, it it's, it's certainly, I think it's, it's a balanced lineup. Um, I, I think it spaces the floor nicely. I think you could still have a nice defensive lineup out there. Um, it, I just like we said, I don't, I don't think they would, they, they would entertain Bench and Julius at this stage in the game. But it, it is what it is. All right, let's go to um, Rico in New York. Wants to talk about the point guard situation. Rico, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good. What's going on? So. Uh... I was wondering, I mean, like, I know that Alfred Payne and uh, Dennis Fitt Jr. are coming back, but, I mean, Frank's been playing a little consistent. I mean, but you still got to give Dennis Fitt Jr. and Payne a shot. I mean, I still probably put Alfred Payne above Frank right now. I mean, the guy averaged eight assists last season. And with him in the game, I feel like Randall wouldn't have to dribble the ball so much because he's, he's, a, he's a floor general. So, I don't know. You, you tell me your take. Would you still have Frank? Or would you put Payne back in there? I mean, uh, my opinion, and, and Tommy, I love to hear yours. My opinion is, we know what Payton is. We're we're still trying to figure out who's the future at the point guard position right now. Personally, I don't think it's Payton. I like what he can bring to the team. I'd rather see him as a security blanket, and I'd rather Frank and DSJ get the bulk of the minutes to see who's who's gonna who's gonna be the future. It, you know, you have a point guard draft coming up. There's a big decision to be made here, and I'd rather see the two of them uh, get the bulk of the minutes on this team and, and kind of have Peyton as a backup. I do see Peyton, his chemistry with Randall. He's a solid vet. He's a pro's pro. Obviously, he can he can run the offense, but I, I'd just rather see it come down to those two guys. Um, Tommy, what do you think about that? Well, I think you have to look at the sort of the schedule coming up and, and – um... I, I think Dennis Smith is probably another two to three weeks away. 
we've seen it with with the Giants with Saquon, right? Saquon got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he comes back, everybody gets excited. That's great, but he's not been the same. He's player. not healthy, man. So he, you know, you're looking at probably another two or three weeks before he's the player that we saw last year. Um, we still don't know who Dennis Smith is. He's definitely not. He never. He did not have a Saquon type rookie year or even second year. So um, I, injecting him back in the lineup, which is something that the coaching staff sounds like they want to do, um, to me is is not the answer yet. I think what Peyton, I think both need to come back healthy, allow Frank to continue to build up his confidence. Um, we've seen what he's been able to do thus far in November, and you know we'll, we'll talk to the video here in a little bit. Um, but he's such a good pair with RJ, um, who's going through a slump now. So, you know, you got to factor that part of into that part into it as well. Um, but I think the, the best player right now at the position is Peyton and the best compliments, depending on the matchup, if you, when you look at the schedule, Mm um, you know, depends, maybe it's Trier, maybe it's Dotson, um, it all comes down to who's making shots too. At the end of the day, yeah. Um, if you if you're not making shots, you know, and then Frank falls into this as well, um, you really can't be on the floor in this league. And and that's um, you know, that that's something that needs to and, and that's a problem. Well. None of them can shoot, man, right now very well. None of them can shoot right now. That that's the problem, you know. But I they hate... all can shoot. They all can shoot. It yeah. just comes down to who can get people into rhythm. We saw them right. shoot the other night. In, in Dallas, just right. fine. No, I mean, the, I mean the point guards. The point guards. Well, Frank made shots the other he night did. too. He did. And you know, and and Peyton's Peyton off the ball has actually been um, very affected off off the catch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think I, I think what fans need to understand is that their 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 New York City New York basketball understanding of point guards. Um, you know, it's it's really not what the NBA is at this point. Um, it's probably because they haven't had, you know, a, a player of, of, you know, the elite caliber, um, you know, or is, is Trey Young the point guard of the future going forward? You know, is, um, you know, I, I look at Ricky Rubio, what he's doing in Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, who can't shoot either, um, but they're six and three and they just beat the Nets last night. So, you know, the point guard position is, it's something is not as clearly defined as right. it used to be is my point. So, um, you know that's going to be an interesting thing here going forward. Who who emerges, who emerges. and, and may, maybe it's someone who's playing in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, right now. Sure. Who, hey. I've, who, I've, who I've watched since he was about thirteen. Hey, I'd I'd love to see it, man. I, I would love to see young Anthony light it up out here for sure, man. But let's see. We're a long ways away to to, to get there. Um, Paul from LA, what's going on, man? How you feeling, bro? Yo, I'm good, brother. It's been a long time since I yeah, got to talk to long, you, man. Yeah, man. Long time, man. How you doing? Uh, it's, it's, I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little depressed over this whole Finn situation because I think it's evident that we have the wrong coach. <laughs> mm. I think um, his number one job is to put his players in a position to succeed. The fact that we don't have an offensive system that plays to the strengths of the roster, I don't care how imperfect the roster is, that's his job, right? He had the whole offseason, preseason, whatever – to figure out how to make these guys more efficient, right? Put in a system that plays to their strengths, that covers their weaknesses to the extent that you can. You can't plan for injuries. I get that. But you know your roster. You know what these guys are good at. And you know what they're not good at. The system, this handoff at the top of the key nonsense, Randall being a point forward nonsense, all of that stuff is on fizz. Nobody else. 
that's a complete fail on his part. You can't blame the front office for that. Yes, they didn't construct the roster, you know, optimally. <laughs> but again, that's Spencer's job to say, okay, this is the mess I got. How do I put them in a, in a position to succeed? He hasn't done that. Fail. Yeah. He needs to be fired. Hey, I mean, I, I'm not ready to fire him just yet, but I do hear you, Paul. There, there has to be um, some accountability here. And, and again, like you said, Fizz, he's, this is the cards he's dealt with. You know, whether or not you want to blame the front office for the roster that they assembled, he has to figure out how to get those pieces together. And, again, it, it's not about, you know, the realistic – there are realistic expectations for this team. But there has to be more consistency still, just like the front office said. There has to be more consistency. You still need to see signs of improvement, especially out of our young core. And right now you're just not seeing it on a consistent night-in, night-out basis. Tommy, what's what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, I mean... Again, these guys have families, and uh, it's it's hard for me to, to to say that I have a full grasp of what's going on day in and day out. Other than you know, players not being healthy, and um, you know, the idea that um, I'm not sure the idea that he, they haven't been put in the best uh, you know the best possible situation to succeed um, is true overall. Uh, I think maybe that's true in certain instances which which he mentioned um but you know i don't know um enough to to say that it's a fail yet um let's get the roster back healthy um and and keep this thing moving forward that in my mind anyway i mean it's 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 10 there's 10 games it's 10 games there's 80 i'm sorry 72 games left two games left man a long way to go and and we've seen really good and, and this is something that i think we haven't heard yet either or at least I haven't seen on Twitter or, or, or not through these phone calls yet. Um, they've played really good basketball, which um, Steve and, and Scott Perry mentioned yesterday. Like, it's not like they haven't played well. They've, there's been really good basketball. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's an important thing too. So it's not, you can't just be, you know, coaching staff hasn't put players in a position to succeed as a whole. That's not true. They're, they've, been, they've been good at times. Their record just doesn't indicate it. Yeah, got to put it all together, man. Well said. Um, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for the boys. Uh, I want to uh, shout out the original man. He says, hashtag new. Pixel Q6 checking in from Westchester. Uh, U2B checking in from Miami. What's going on? Uh, salute to SoCal Ref. How, how you guys doing out there? Jose Alvarez. What's going on? Uh, Frank White. What's going on? Um, Tommy, man, so, so we touched on the ugly, which is obviously the, the fifth situation. Um, the bad, the free throws continue to be, uh, a, a, a complete pain. I haven't seen, um, um, in, in my years of watching this team, I haven't seen this team be that terrible at free throw shooting as this team is. Um, once again, we, we lead the league in, uh, we're, we're top six, we're top six right now in attempts. And and we're at we're at the very bottom in free throw percentage, man. I don't, you know, <laughs> how do we how do we correct these issues, man? I have no idea, no idea. I, I think I think what RJ has done, and we talked about this on the last episode mm-hmm. about you know um, cutting and driving. You know, mentioned it earlier in the show. You know, RJ is an elite driver of the basketball, getting to these, these scoring, what we said before, it's like 6.2 points per game on drives. 
and he's only shooting off those drives from free throw percentage. He's getting fouled three and a half times a game. He's only making 38% of those three. Mm. So if he were to make three out of those three, then you're talking about nine points per game at 19 years old, which would put him in that Giannis, you know, in that top like 20 to 15 class of people who can put the ball on the ground and get to the basket, draw fouls, get to the line, make those shots. Those are important plays going forward. That's how you win games in the fourth quarter. That's how you win playoff games. You know, you're, you yeah. have to be able to physically draw contact, you know, and, but also make those shots. When RJ starts missing them, it becomes contagious. Mm-hmm. Marcus Morris starts to miss them. Kevin Knox starts to miss yeah, them. They almost lost you know, the Dallas it, game off of, at the free throw line. You knew that was going to come eventually. And it's not all just on RJ. I just think it's because he struggled. He, he has, he, this is a, a new thing for him. Um, and they rely on his drive so much. And they're not a great offensive team, as we know. Mm-hmm. When, those, when those shots don't fall, then the pressure, you know, when you, especially when you're down 10 to 12 to 15 points, in the first quarter, first half, you've got to be able to capitalize on those to stay in the game. And then that's when the basket grows even smaller. Yeah. So if the, if the, if they're able to just, you know, settle down and not trail eight to 10 points in every first quarter, then I think you'll see that free throw percentage go up. But I think they're feeling a lot of pressure on effect based on the fact that they're, they're, they're making good plays. They're just not capitalizing on those plays with the free baskets that they get at the line. Okay, got to sink those free throws, man. Got to sink those free throws. So we got Chicago coming up Tuesday night. Um, let, let's see how they bounce back in Chi-Town. So, you know, it, it is hard to to touch on anything that was good this week after two um, that will, some terrible losses. You know, the Detroit game was, was a tough one to sit through. Obviously, last night's game, Sunday night, again, last Sunday night against the Kings was, was a tough one as well. But, um, but, but through, through it all, I think we have seen, again, some signs um, from Frank that that was pretty positive, man. And, and Tommy D threw together um, some, some film and some, some stuff that he saw out of Frank that was, that was pretty noteworthy this week, man. So, Tommy, kick it over to you, man, whenever you're ready. Uh, let, let's take a look at um, how we got him going this week. Yes, indeed. As I as I start to share, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to find it right here. Positive, indeed, and and I think what everybody was talking about, and I, I, this was a great quote for me with from him. This was last year. I'm um, still far from my goals. And I want to keep going with that. You know, he's, he's still a, a very young player in this league. And when given the opportunity, we've seen, um, you know, some flashes. And, and this is another thing, the, the simpatico with R.J. Barrett, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is what he said after the, the, the game in Dallas. You know, I told you Frank is solid. He can do the same thing every night, be consistent. He's been doing great for us. Like, this look on, on R.J.'s face just – and another thing that nobody talked about, and I tweeted about this uh, the other day, um, when RJ missed the two free throws at the end of the game that could have iced it, Frank came over. And, um, they talk a lot in yeah. French. Like you just, there was some Big Brother stuff that was going on there that um, I don't think enough people talk about. They've got a real bond there, um, and that's terrific. But what we, you and I talked about was this idea of no hesitation, and obviously we saw it first and foremost 
you know, when he was able to attack the, the um, closeout from Dantic and, and try to dunk it on Porzingis, which I still to this moment cannot believe that they overturned this call because this was an obvious foul. The, left, the right arm to the chest yeah. was, was a foul and, and overturning it was ridiculous, especially when you saw um, Fizz try to overturn, uh, uh, you know, the, the call the other night, last night anyway. Not the first time that we've seen Frank be aggressive against the European center. Last year, we saw him dunk on Gobert, which was, I think was, was, was interesting. But Stifle in order tower. To, the Stifle Tower. But this, for me, was really great in what got him um, into his flow and is, is important. And when you see who's on the floor, RJ's in the corner, um, Taj Gibson, obviously Morris, and, and Randall's in the corner. No Bobby Portis, nobody clogging the lane. But pay particular attention to Dantic cheating which allowed for Frank to not hesitate from this left uh, left slot. I slow it down here a little bit. Here's the cheat. Cheating Frank, on Morris, yeah. Frank takes the step to the corner and does not hesitate. In rhythm, great shot, great great release, and that started to get him into his into his rhythm. We saw this last year as well. Left slot um, above the break three. Uh, he has that ability to make that shot there off the catch. And, you know, if you're a guard coming off different places and, and different uh, breaks, um, you know, you, you can see that he, you can pass it to him with confidence. He can make it this year before yesterday, played six, uh, eight games, uh, 44%, 63.9 um, effective field goal, field goal percentage and 41.2 from three. That's, uh, that's certainly a, a step in the right direction, something to be very positive about when you're talking about a player's uh, development. Last year, 30% from 30, you know, took 37 shots. It's actually, it's not terrible. It's very capable. Mm. Here's another thing as a point guard that you don't see enough of. Pushing the ball up the floor, which you didn't see a lot last night because Randall was doing a lot of that. Um, but the reset, right? Reposting mm. Portis to get him a shot in rhythm that he was able to make. Um, just point guard stuff. And again, we talk about the simpatico with, with Barrett. You know, create the space. Barrett has hook around pass. Barrett has confidence with him. Uh, in him, he's able to make the shot. And then the effortless, effortless effort plays, a.k.a. hustle plays. Mm -hmm. Easy block at the rim and then finishing it up. This is, you know, sort of icing on the cake, you know, when he's feeling himself um, knocking down another shot. Four or five from three the other night in Dallas. Uh, and then stuff like this, you know, just being disruptive, deflections, um, staying in the play. Uh, creating a, 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 a stop when they're up by one possession. Um, we saw this certainly uh, against James, James, Harden. James Harden. You know, this was from last year, I think, or his rookie year. Um, you know, he has this ability to be disruptive, to get deflections, to contest. That's probably a foul this year. <laughs> um, but uh, at least, you know, he, uh, he has the ability to dig in, um, be active with his hands, be active with his feet. And um, just just be disruptive and, and get deflections and make those effortless uh, hustle plays, contest shots. And here you see his uh, stats from November, including yesterday, 8.2 points, 3.8 assists, 3.8 rebounds, 0.8 turnovers, 2 steals, 2.2 steals, 2.2 blocks, uh, 7.8 contests uh, yesterday. He had a, a little difficulty with Sexton, which made the, the def defensive field goal percentage go up. Um, but again, uh, all in all, uh, a lot of positives here. Um, hopefully that they can be built on going forward. And, and again, 
this is a player who has all the ability to be in the league for the next 10 years. Um, you know, all he has to do is make the shots that he takes. And uh, you know, he showed that he can do that here over the last five games in November. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. You know, like I said. I tried, bro. I tried. I, no, I definitely appreciate it, man. The thing with Frank is, um, again, the potential. You know, that, that Friday night with Dallas, as you said. I just wish that they would trust him a little bit more. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's if it's the players or if it's Fizz. But, I, again, I, I want to see the ball in his hands more often than not because I just feel like good things happen. As you showed with the Portis, with, you know, with the repost, you know, just getting guys in the right position. I love that, don't you? That, yeah. that was, and, and he can do that as long as there's a mismatch there. And, and there's no mismatch when Randall's on top of the key you know, in whoever is guarding him, like he's not going to pull up from 35 feet to shoot from, you know, from the top of the key. He, he's got to get down on the post as well. But if he's not beating guys down the floor and you hear Fizz talk about this a lot, like we need to push the ball down the floor and try to get easy baskets. Fortis gets, you saw, you got down there and established position. There was good defense there. Kicked the ball out to Frank right back in on the repost. Mm-hmm. And he got a really good bat, a really good look from Portis who made the shot. And it's, that's really smart basketball. It's a mismatch. He's able, Portis is able to take advantage of it. It's not necessarily a three-pointer, but it's a good shot in rhythm uh, it's a good shot. a mismatch, and you take that every every time, for sure. It's a good shot, man. And as you said, um, that, that moment when RJ did miss the two-clutch free throws, you know, Frank kind of rallied, and the troops brought him together in the huddle. Uh, he, you know, he was in his ear. Fizz was in his ear as well. So he has those leadership qualities as well. Um, again, it's just putting it together, man. And that's why I want to see, again, I understand y- your sentiments on Peyton kind of being, you know, the, the better uh, fit for the team right now, especially when they're struggling. I just rather to see Frank get that opportunity to kind of work through his kinks, be more confident out there, work through his uh, passive tendencies because they're still there. They're still there. Uh, more so than than we like it to be, but I think this game, this Dallas game, the Boston game, you saw how he can impact a game on both ends, and I think you have to get stops in this league, man. I know it's an offensive league. I I know it's it's an up-and-down, high-octane pace and, and, you know, chuck up three-pointers and everything, but... Listen, it, it it says something when you have a guy that can get that pin down block on Tim Hardaway Jr. Come back the other way and, and knock down a three. That's a that's a back breaking momentum breaking play right there, and you you need that from a guy. No question. And I'm loving looking in the chat because if this were Saturday and I and we put that video up, the, it would have been nice. It would have been nice. Everybody everybody would be saying the exact opposite. Um, but I know this, uh, and and you know this as well, and 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 it's just so awesome to be with you and, and uh the fans are great and um you know it, that's what makes new york new york and um listen everybody um everybody involved whether it's the front office the owner um coach um i've been doing this a long time i know this to be true um everybody just wants to win and um you know what what, what the league now is um is less i think about developing young players um, in big markets as much as it is, um, you know, sort of obviously great players pairing up together. Um, but just because that didn't happen doesn't mean that, uh, that this organization is not in the right direction going forward. They still have flexibility. Um, it's so funny. I, I, I watch when I go back to 2009, 2010, I hear everybody talk about, you know, this trade where they traded the picks 
and you know they brought they signed this bad contract they haven't done any of that and it's still oh this, you know here we go again yeah, typical next typical next it's not it's it's there, there's flexibility there is a plan um you know and maybe it's not the right plan um right. maybe you know it, there, there were plans that have come before this that didn't work either which makes them not great plans um so you know let's let's just uh um, you know, you just have to have to continue to have hope, and, the, and that's is, where we're at. This is still uncharted waters for a lot of us in this fan base, man. To who all the picks, if, if you all the flexibility, picks, right? All the flexibility. We have not gone through a proper rebuild in developing players, and that's why I still stick with this Frank thing, despite what you know people say, and everybody expects him to be a star shoot out the gate of the lottery pick. I'm I'm not even you know going to go there with that, but. We have to, we have to, this is what development is about. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys are not all going to turn it. Some of these guys are not going to turn into much. And let's, let's be honest, right? Every young piece that you draft, every young piece that you bring up through the organization may not be a just, contributing piece down the road. You can't just build through the draft. I mean, right. that's a fact. Look right. at what the Suns, look, look at what the Suns are doing. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if, and, and I, if anybody listening to this, watching this, didn't watch the Suns, Nets game and yes again it's only 10 games or nine games into the season still November where the Suns are now to where they were two years ago and still building around Booker supporting him look at what Donovan Mitchell was with Ricky Rubio yeah. Ricky Rubio with with Booker now Booker's really taking himself to that next level mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they brought in Sarich and they brought in Baines and they brought in you know just a lot of guys that nobody wanted and you know that's a knock on the Knicks players now we've heard somebody say that earlier like oh you know what they're just the Knicks are a, ca- a bunch of cast-offs so are the Suns Some yeah that was um th- that was uh the the Cavs play-by-play um uh his name's oh, slipping me oh uh, uh Austin Carr Austin Carr yeah yeah and and he's not wrong um and when you lose it sounds disrespectful but when you're like six and three, like the Suns, or you know, you make a playoff team, you know, with just a bunch of you know ragtag players. Who, let's face it, they're not ragtag players. Like Ricky Rubio is not a All Star, All NBA point guard, but he's been a hell of a point guard. He, he's the point guard that they badly needed for and, for a few years now. And he's has he not won everywhere he's been? He yeah. hasn't won championships, but he's won. And he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been on a LeBron team. He hasn't been on a Steph Curry Durant team. You know he's been he's he's been going along his own way and his own path and he's been he's playing as as well now as he's played since he's been in the league. Hey man, um, the kid, kid's been a pro since been thirteen. Man, he knows what to do. He, he knows what fact. to do, man. So, Suns definitely um, found a way to found the right veteran pieces to to get them off to a good start and, and surround their 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 young core with. So that, that's what we're looking for right now, man. That, that's what we're looking for right now. But um, but Tommy. Sign for six and three right now, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, let's just start tomorrow night in Chicago, man. But um, just want to definitely thank you for uh, coming on tonight, providing the insight, man. I'm, I'm going to throw the screen on to you. Just let, let the fans know where they can find you, man. CPO, CPO is a pleasure, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Tommy D or uh, Patreon.com slash Tommy D. Uh, just do some scout, a bunch of scouting stuff. We talk a lot. Um, our, our patrons are amazing people. Our patrons are amazing people. Um, we give back. We do a lot of great things for uh, for a lot of different organizations and communities. Um, 
and it's all about just talking basketball. Be good to the game, the game will be good to you. It's been good to me my entire life. And, um, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of, uh, of, of Knicks Fan TV and um, providing the X and O's. I love the X and O's part of it, and I um, hope that comes through. And, um, again, just, uh, just pumped. It's, I believe they're continuing to move in the right direction. I know I'm coming on here after a bad loss against Cleveland, um, but uh, they had, again, it's about um, flexibility and plan and, and um, you know, I believe in what they're doing. Hey, well, well said, man, and, and thanks again for joining us. And um, salute to everybody that joined, man. Tonight we had about 500 in the chat tonight. Salute to everybody that came in nice. on this Veterans Day. Uh, hit that thumbs up for you, boys. Salute to everybody that was watching on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch as well. Uh, salute to everyone that was watching on the Nick of Time show. Happy birthday, Jay Ellis. He couldn't join us tonight, but I'm sure he's enjoying his birthday. Uh, Tuesday night, tomorrow night, we're right back at it, man. Right back here on Knicks Fan TV. Knicks versus Bulls postgame live. We're taking more phone calls. Hopefully, we get a win and getting your reactions to all of it. And uh, once again, want to salute to everybody again. Chen, all the mods, appreciate it. Craig Williams, Tack, Jack Peters, thanks again. Delano Steele, thanks again. Ari, um, almost retired NYK. We thank you guys, man. So... Um, you guys have a good evening, and uh, we'll check you Tuesday night, man. Make sure to subscribe to the channel, hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up, and uh, yeah, we'll see you Tuesday night. Peace.